Welcome. This is Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I'm Jane. And I'm Shannon. And tonight we're talking about waiting on God. Yeah, this is a topic that Jane picked out, and uh, I think it's one that's worth discussing. There's a lot of things that we need to uh, wait on, and it's not something we're very good at. Well, I think waiting, it's, this is one of my favorite subjects to talk about, waiting on God, because waiting is such a positive thing. The reason why I say that is because from the time we are born, we always are waiting for something. And little kids, you know, Christmas is the one thing that we, I think of little kids do, what they hate to wait for. It's never going to get here. Or, or my birthday. I mean, we're always, we have been trained to wait our entire lives, and I think that's a sign that we really need to be good at it. Well, and I think that's something that... Um especially today, we are not good at it. Um, as children, we're not good at it naturally. It's right. not a natural human trait for us to like waiting. We're always impatient. And children especially are impatient. A little screaming child that wants something right now. Um, and unfortunately, I think a lot of our society is built that way too. We're, we're kind of a society built on instant gratification. You know, I remember, uh, I'm dating myself here a little bit, I remember dial-up internet I was just thinking of that. And now I get upset if my if I turn my computer on and the Wi-Fi isn't hooked up when I get there. Um, we have conditioned ourselves not to wait in our society right now. Everything mm-hmm. has to be instantaneous. Um, right down to our news cycle. Now we have 24-hour news that's just blathering nonstop. But there was a time when you waited and you only got your half hour of news. And that was enough. You waited until... You waited until... It was that time, and then you got what you were needed to get. So, waiting is a waiting is a thing that I think God wants us to learn um, because it's not something natural for us. And I think there's a lot of maturity in in uh, that is developed in us when we learn to wait. Well, and uh, a friend of mine, Nancy Trowbridge, I don't know if she listens to this, but when we were waiting for our daughter Maggie to come home, and it was taking so long, she said to me, or she wrote it to me in the email, she said, Jane, God doesn't waste the time he makes you wait. Hmm. And so when we're waiting for something, God is working. And if it's, the longer it takes, I guess the more God has to do to bring it all together. And I think when we learn to wait well, besides uh, uh, gaining endurance, but when we learn to wait well, that is a, a real spiritual exercise. Well, I, I, you know? agree. I agree. I agree. And I think um, we have to keep that in mind that God is putting everything into place. And I think one of the things we have to con- be concerned with, if, if you're waiting on God right now, if, if, you're, if, you're, if your circumstances are not, what, are not perfect, if you're, um, there's things in your life that you're, you're waiting on God to, to, to fix for you, to get, to get you through, um, we have to remember that God's will is perfect. And if it was within his perfect will for you to have that instantaneously, you would have gotten it instantaneously. But there's a lot of things that God could be putting into place before he manifests himself in your life the way you're asking. Uh, there may be things that he has to, has to uh, you have to develop before you're, you're going to f- fully use the things he's going to give you. There's that uh, old um, Garth Brooks song, 
Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers because God knows what's good for us better than we do. So sometimes we ask for things that we probably shouldn't have, and we're waiting on God to give us that, and He gives us something even better. Yeah, and I think when we're waiting on God, it's we can also think about, hey, God is trusting me that I'm going to wait for Him, that I won't take it in my own hands. I'll give Him a chance to do what He has to do because it's not just about us. When we, when we think about, you know, things that need to develop in us, but it might not be waiting because of what has to develop in us. It might, he's waiting because he's, he's doing things in other people. And he's trusting us just to wait for him as he works in these other people, works out the situations for his perfect plan. And it'll be the best thing for us when it comes in God's timing. Yeah, I I got a passage here I want to read okay. from uh, Psalm 40. Oh, that's a good one. Go ahead. Uh, verses 1 through 3 it says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a first firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in Him. I, I love that that psalm because it, it says... it. The, the psalmist, when he's writing this, is talking about how God has done these things. And one of the things I really like in the end is that that last sentence says, many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in Him. Mm, that's another waited. thing. Yeah, that's another thing we have to understand is that sometimes our waiting is our testimony. And our patience yeah. and our prayer and our praise is testimony as well. And God may be wait, making us wait just simply because he wants other people to see the waiting. Because a lot of times if we, if we are looking for answers or, or something in specific from God, um, if he gave it to us right away, someone would say, well, that's luck. Mm, true. But if you're constantly in prayer and you're in praise of him all the time and you let people know, I'm just waiting on God, and God does it, what a testimony that is. Mm-hmm. I have, this is a very familiar scripture, but it has a promise in it. Isaiah 40, verse, yeah, 40, verse 31. Mm-hmm. Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. So when we wait for the Lord, we're promised we will gain strength. We'll get new strength. And we won't get tired spiritually. But I love that they will gain new strength. So if we just wait and just hold on tight in these really tough, in tough times or whatever you're waiting for, if you hold on tight, God's going to revive you. And when God, I think a really neat thing about God is that it feels like you're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for whatever it is. And then all of a sudden, everything gets put right in line and it happens and it seems like it happens so suddenly even though you've been waiting for a long time and it's like wow yeah i think waiting is not an easy thing for us to do but i think it is a blessing for us to learn to wait you know life is a marathon it's not a sprint and there are a lot of things uh throughout our lives where we are going to have to be turning to god and Learning that concept of being patient with God and praising God in, in your waiting and spending time with Him in your waiting, 
I think those are all traits that are all beneficial to us ourselves. Mm-hmm. And God wants us to be to learn that. I think I got a list of a few things here um, that I think we should be doing while we're waiting. Okay. Okay. First of all, we need to be patient. We have to. We need to believe in the promises that God has given us. He mm-hmm. said, "I, you know, He has the best for us. He He has plans for us. He has the best stuff for us. So we need to believe in that and and trust in that. Um, we have to understand that God's with us all the time." Even while we're waiting, it's not like we send him a message and he goes away and then he'll come back with an answer. Hmm. He's always with us. Uh, we, we also have to understand the concept that sanctific- sanctification is coming while we're waiting. Mm, yeah. We don't get things instantly. And that's because that's part of developing our character and who we are meant to be, making us more like Jesus. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. Of Christ Jesus. In other words, um, be confident in the fact that God's working for you. He's working to get you there. Can I share yeah. a scripture that goes with mm-hmm. that? This is James 1, 3, and 4. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And that perfect and complete, in my in my margin, it means uh, it means maturity. You'll, you'll gain maturity, spiritual maturity, as right. you wait. And that's that same same concept in that Philippians verse you shared, that, that God is working in us. It's not just a waste. It's like my friend Nancy says, it's not a waste of time. He's right. doing probably some of his best work when, we, when we're waiting. And that thing about what people say, well, I don't have any patience. You have all the, not me personally, but they'll say, oh, that person has such patience. Everyone has to learn patience. It's not natural for anyone, and I, I, I we 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 all need to learn patience. Yeah, and I think we also need to remember that God's plans are better than my plans. Yeah, my what I think is the best thing is probably not the best thing for me because I'm I'm a faulty creature, but God is. Romans eight twenty eight says, "We all know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose." So no matter what's happening in your life, God has his hand on it. And God is trying to to take you in the direction he wants you to go. Um, Where I am right now in my life, I never would have pictured in my my past. No. There was never a time in my past that I would have pictured myself being where I am today, sitting at this table. It just never would would have come about. If I'd have been able to design it all and plan it all out, I would not be where I am today, and God put me here for a reason, and I'm and I am grateful that He has done what He's done in my life. And without Him doing it, I never would have got here. It had to be no. Him. I do like also. We're not the only ones waiting. Uh, Romans eight nineteen says, "For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the children of God." Hmm. And the creation, all of creation is waiting for when jesus returns and and the children of god the sons and daughters of god will be revealed as sons and daughters of god and we have to in our own in our own lives we have to have enough humility to understand that we need to turn it over to god there's a lot of examples for us in the word we can look at abraham or joseph or david um moses they all waited a long time yeah Every one of them had a waiting 
for a fulfillment of the promises that God gave them. God gave them promises, mm -hmm. and then it took a while for it to happen. But uh, we look at those patriarchs of the Bible, and we we understand. We look at them, and we see, oh yeah, those those men were patient. You know, boy, what a long wait it was for Moses to start his ministry, at and 80. then and then after he did to wander in the desert for so long, trying to get to where they needed to go. When if you were to look at a biblical map, yeah, from Egypt to the land of Canaan, where they were going, the distance itself. And no, there was no roads there, and there was no roads to follow. But if you drew a straight line, it's not going to take you that long to get there. Right. But I there was, was a like purpose. Three in that. weeks. There is a purpose to to that journey. There was a purpose to that. He was taking that slave mindset and getting rid of it so that they could be the conquerors they were meant to be. And uh, that first generation with Moses didn't understand that, so it had to be the second generation later on. But God made that promise. And Moses stood on that promise. You know, I'm sure Moses, when he set out, never expected the journey to take 40 years. No. He probably expected like a month or something, you know, and we'll be there. And mm -hmm. another story that has come to mind when you're talking is um, the the resurrection or the, the coming back to life of Lazarus. Mm -hmm. Because uh, it's from John 11. And it was... It says, the sisters, that's Mary and Martha, therefore sent to Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, he, their brother Lazarus, whom you love is sick. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified by it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When therefore he heard that he was sick, he stayed then two days longer in the place where he was. Then he told his disciples, let's go. And then he told them, well, he's dead. And Martha and Mary, they must have been so confused because they knew if Jesus would show up, he could heal Lazarus because he's been healing so many people. So you can say, you know, their prayer was, Jesus, come, come quickly, come quickly. You know, he's really sick. And then he does, doesn't show up. And then they put him in a tomb. He's been in the tomb four days. And then Jesus shows up. So in their mind's eye... It, to everybody's astonishment, I mean, it's like, dude, you're late. I mean, there's nothing you can do now. Well, and we have, we have to understand, too, that there were several times that Jesus healed from a distance. Right. I mean, he didn't have to be with them to heal them. He, he could have just healed Lazarus from a distance, and he didn't. See, on, in But e there was a purpose for that. Right. There's, well, that's what I'm, I'm come, getting mm -hmm. at here. So Jesus was weeping, and then it said, and so the Jews were saying, behold, how he loved him. But some of them said... Could not this man who opened the eyes of him who was blind have kept this man also from dying? So everyone's confused, thinking Jesus was late. Jesus, there's no nothing he can do now. But God is never late. He did this, like Shannon said. He was going to show God's glory in a new way. And Martha and Mary didn't even think about praying, Okay, you're not here yet, so raise him from the dead. They never even... That didn't cross their mind. And, and, of course, we know the story that he does raise him from the dead. And then people believe because of Lazarus being raised from the dead. But I think even in our own lives, you know, something falls apart. Our lives seem to fall apart. And we say, God, you're late. or It's too late now. It's all is lost. But then he can swoop in and he can 
he can make everything new and we can end up praising him for a failure because of what he did. I don't know. I just... Mm-hmm. But Jane, Jane knows this. I have a recent, within the last couple of years, gotten a real fascination with pottery and I would love to make pottery. I just, I don't know why, but I just have this burning desire in my heart to make pottery. And I've looked at it and studied it and things. And I always think, one of the things I look at when I when I look at that is I think of God. And the reason for that, there's, it's amazing when you go in and if you just do a Google search on uh, Bible verses about clay and potters, how many mm-hmm. things pop up. Um, the first one here is Isaiah 64, 8. Yes, yet you, Lord, are, the, are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter, we are all the work of your hand. And that concept of a potter taking mud, basically, you can make clay out of the dirt outside your house if you refine it right, making that into a useful object, something that, that could be used by the creator of that object, takes time. Yeah. You have to you have to to refine the clay and then you take the clay and you shape it. And then after you shape it you got to let it dry. And then after you dry it you have to fire it once and that first firing takes the remaining moisture out of it. And then you can decorate it or do whatever you want and then you fire it the second time and after that second firing after all that process you finally have a useful article. Mm-hmm. The other passage that I I, I like about that one is uh, Jeremiah 18. 1 through 11. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there you will hear my word. I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hands, and he reworked it into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to do. Then the word of the, word, word of the Lord came to me. So even then, he, he, Jeremiah was being taught the lesson that, you know, there's an intention of something, mm-hmm. and something goes wrong, and God can rebuild that right. into something even better the way right. He wants it. Mm-hmm. So, so often I think God has plans for us in our in our impatience. We mess that up, mm-hmm. we screw that up. But if we have faith in in the Father, we can go back to Him, and He can reform it mm-hmm. exactly the way it was meant to be, and something beautiful can come out of dirt, mm-hmm. and we are just dirt. But something beautiful can be formed there if we allow the potter's hands to do it. You know, and I was thinking uh, when you were talking about that, about a master potter. A master potter is never in a hurry. Mm -hmm. They will take the whole process the same way as any artisan. If they're Mm -hmm. doing it right, they, they don't do it quickly. They do it exactly how it needs to be done and if it takes a long time then they take a long time to do it and i and i think sometimes we're more impatient with ourselves than god is because god no god isn't in a hurry with us he takes his time because he does it right and sometimes we can go well we should be better at this we sh- we should we should be able to not be suffering this way with this impatience or with this waiting but but God doesn't condemn us in that. He just continues to work. Like, I am not a potter by any means, but I did take a month-long pottery class when I was at Fort Benjamin Harrison. And it was just once a week, so it was only four times on the wheel is all it was. And, and so, But I do remember that if you have, sometimes you might have an imperfection 
or or whatever and and the potter will work on it and and he has to do it just the right way you know to and i well i'm probably not even i know i remember you had to get all the air bubbles out because if you have an air bubble in it mm-hmm. that will have a, a weakness in the right. in the clay but there's so many things you can't shortcut it well, if you want a usable pot and that's the process the process is by the time it hits the fire by the time it gets to a refining point like that when it, when it gets into the kiln um, and we all know that we will have troubles and we will have tribulations and we will have trials in mm-hmm. our lives by the time it gets to that fire you have to be done with it right so if there's a if if something if there's a weak spot it'll show up because it blows up in a kiln mm-hmm. so if you trust God to form you in the way that you are meant to be when the fire comes, you'll be you're going to shine. Yes. You'll be better. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of, of fired clay, and that's why we love pottery, is because the silica and the sands inside it, even if it's not glazed, will put a beautiful finish on there. Mm-hmm. And that beautiful finish comes because there was so much care taken in the original creation. Right. And- I, I think it's just one of those things. We, we need to understand also, I think, and look at it from the opposite side, and understand how patient God is yes. with us. Right. How much grace we receive. We look throughout the Bible and see various times throughout the Bible where God just showed patience and, and forgiveness and, and that love that went way beyond anybody's understanding. And there are, you know, if, yes, God is a creator of the universe and he can do whatever he wants and he can do whatever the, he wants in the blink of an eye and we know those things happen. But if we got what we deserved, we wouldn't like the outcome. God is patient with us too in bringing us to him and bringing us closer to him and teaching us these lessons. There's a patience in that that um, God the Father shows us that can be an example for ourselves Mm -hmm. too. And and, uh, I was thinking all these analogies. You're talking about the clay and we're the clay and the potter, father... God is the one who's forming it. You know, we just have to sit there and yield to the, mm-hmm. the hand. But then I also thought about how we're like trees. And um, Psalm 1, verse 3 says, and this is about the person who doesn't walk, who walks with God. And he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. So if you think of a fruit tree, a fruit tree doesn't work hard like as in trying to push the fruit out. The fruit tree just has to grow its roots and take in the nutrients that is given to the fruit tree. Well, and if you look at what you just read, you said it grows where it was planted. Yes, it grows where it was planted. That's not, a tree can't plant itself. Right. But the right. tree was planted yeah. by someone and planted where it needs to be planted for it to prosper for it to, to grow, for it to do what it's supposed to do. And, yeah, planting it near water, planting it where it can thrive. Right. If we wait on God to put us where we were meant to be, and we follow his will and we wait on his will, um, God will honor that because we will be doing what he wants us to do, and that's when we prosper. Yeah. yeah. That's when we, when we fulfill. So how do you wait? What do you do? How do you get to the point where you can wait? 
Uh, I got a few things, okay. things you can do while waiting, a okay. little list here. First one, we need to be praying. If you're waiting, you pray, you share your burdens with God, you explain things to God, you talk to God about what's, what's burdening your heart. He wants to hear from you. He doesn't care uh, that you are suffering. He cares that you're suffering, but he doesn't, he doesn't care if you tell him, Lord, I'm impatient for this. He mm-hmm. wants to hear that too. He doesn't care if you say, I'm unhappy with this. You need to fix this. He still wants to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Think about your own children. You would want them to come to you. Mm-hmm. Even if you couldn't give them what they wanted right now, or you didn't think it was the best thing for, to give them what they wanted right now, you would want them to come to you for that. Right. So God wants us to talk to him about that. Another thing we need to be doing is, is getting into the Word and reading God's Word, because when we read God's Word, we may have a better understanding of why we are waiting or what God's will will be to us. Uh, Jesus started, how many times did Jesus start uh, a statement when someone asked him a question, it is written. Jesus used the word to answer the questions that people brought him in his life. And God allows us to use his word in our own lives in the same way. So if you get into the word and you start listening to God more, he may have an answer for you and you're not listening yet. Mm-hmm. You just got to get into the word so you can hear God more, get more sensitive to that. Then maybe that's why he's making you wait. It's because he wants you to come and find the answer. Um, Another thing I think we need to be doing while we're waiting is praising God. Mm-hmm. We need to be praising God. We need that that keeps your spirits up when you're waiting. It, it shows your trust in God. It shows your love for God. It shows your understanding for the fact that you need the patience. Um, there's that casting crown song that just comes to my mind all the time, and it was one that really helped when when we lost Maggie. It's it says I'll praise you in this storm, and. The song basically says, you know, I would have I, says something about I, I would have thought that by now you would have you would have come back and, and and wiped away our tears and this would have been gone. But even though it isn't, even though it's still raining, I'll praise you in this storm. And I think that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to be praising him no matter what. It's easy to be praising him when things are perfect. It's a little more challenging to praise him when they're not. Mm-hmm. In the same way, it's easy to love someone when it's perfect. In a marriage, it's easy to love one another in the high times. But mm-hmm. true love is when you love someone when it's not the high times. Mm-hmm. When, it's, when, there's, when there's trouble, when there's challenges and you still love them. That's true love. That's, that's just one other thing. I think one other thing that we can do, each one of us could do this. And if you just sit down, grab a piece of paper, grab a pencil... Write down all the things that God has done for you already. Hmm. Write down all the answers that God has given you to your prayers. Think about all the things that we have done. This is something I talk about sometimes in church. I love it when someone comes in with what we call a praise report. We ask for prayer requests and someone says, well, I've got a praise. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes that praise is an answer to a prayer that not everybody else knows about. So we got to tell each other, hey, God answered this prayer. And I think... So often we are asking, and so so rarely are we acknowledging the fact that those prayers were answered. Mm-hmm. But all of us can sit down and look back and see where God has answered right. those prayers. And oftentimes, it's been after a period of waiting. Sure. If we look at it clearly with the 2020 hindsight, we will see that our waiting was worth it 
mm-hmm. when something comes. You know, there's a, ask anybody who's ever had a child. That nine months is worth it on the exact moment that you hold your baby. Hmm. It is worth it. All that waiting is worth it when it comes. And I think that's another way God just shows us that we wait on full development. We wait mm-hmm. on we wait on His completed plan to come forward. I think uh, I, the word that just keeps coming in my mind when you're talking is purpose. There is purpose in the waiting. Mm-hmm. And if we remember that, there's purpose in it. There's, I mean, the waiting is so full of purpose that we should, I don't know, be grateful for the waiting because God is doing some really incredible things that, that we probably don't know what they are, but we know he's good and we know he wants the very best for us and for everybody and if we rest on that, yeah. If rest we rest on that. on that and lean on that, and that's where I think the benefit of looking back on when God's already done it, when He you see that happening, then you see that well, this has happened in the past, and I waited, and this is how mm-hmm. God manifested in my life, and that gives us confidence. That gives us more more faith, simply because we can see that we can trust Him, because we can see it. Mm-hmm. It's already happened. So I know he'll do it again because it's already happened once and God will take care of us again. I think, uh, I'm trying to think of a definition of waiting, but uh, one of the words we should think of when we, we say waiting on God, we're expectant. Mm-hmm. We're waiting with expectancy. We yeah. know he's going to answer. We know he's working it out. It's not a waiting as in, oh no, oh no. It's a waiting, golly, let's see what God's going to do. It's an anticipation yes. of what's going to happen in the future. And expectant when we do that, anticipation, expected anticipation, there you go. that's a good one. When we do that, when we are anticipating, when we're joyfully anticipating something, then, then it's an awesome thing when it happens. Yes. Like you said, with little, with little ones at Christmas time, you know, why do we wrap a present? So they tear it open. Why don't we just set it under the tree unwrapped? Because the anticipation of opening up the wrapping paper is right. is a huge part of the process. Mm-hmm. When you have a gift, when God gives you a gift, He wants you to unwrap it. Mm-hmm. He wants you to unwrap it and see what's inside. Yeah. So I think part of that, part of the the process, like Jane was saying with Lazarus, I think part of the process in in waiting for God is just simply the anticipation of, hey, I know God can handle anything. You know, too. When you were saying that about Christmas, I was thinking, I get so excited about, I love to see people unwrap the gifts I give them. So I, I make them do it one at a time, and I'm so excited. And, and I think, God is excited. He wants, we give God a thrill when we actually wait for Him, and then we allow Him, we give Him, when we wait on Him, we're giving Him permission to work that out in His and his purposes. So when it works out his way, and it's going to be the best way, and then we are just so full of joy because we're like, oh, God did it. I think he gets a kick out of that. I think God, it's like we're giving him a gift when when we wait for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a blessing for him. And that is amazing if that we can actually bless our own Heavenly Father I mean, there's nothing... We can't give him anything as far as, you know, things. Like, we can't give him a gift like 
other people, though giving to him monetarily is a is a show of love, I guess, in one way. But and that's a good thing to do. But I mean, our response to him is where we really bless him. Like I know when we talk to our grandson on the phone, it's not as great as when I get to be with him, which I don't get to right now. But when I actually get a smile from his face because I do a goofy face or something, and I say hi. And he smiles back. He's doing that more to Shannon now because Shannon's got a great mustache. And I that must be why he just loves seeing Grandpa's mustache. But it's just such a joy for me, just that smile. And that, yeah, I, I love that analogy of God's waiting for us to unwrap the gifts that he gives us. Because, yeah. you know, as a, as a father... And now a grandfather sitting down and watching kids unwrap gifts. I don't care about the gifts that I got from them. It's it's don't moving to me. It's moving to me if they think about me and give me a gift. But yeah. I really don't. I am more excited about them opening gifts, them opening things up. The the excitement that comes from from that. And and the what I really love is when they're young. Yeah. When they're teenagers, it, it, it dies down a little bit. You know, the, the old adage is uh, when you're young, you hate getting socks and underwear. And when you're old, you hope you get socks and underwear. But when you are when you see a young child opening something up and they have no idea what's inside it. I remember a lot of times when I was a kid, we had um, our wrapping paper was newspaper. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it was the funny papers because it was the Colorful. Sunday ones that had yes. color on it. But And I, I remember... I, once I remember my mom saying she wishes she had wrapping paper or something, and I was thinking, "Well, we don't care." Yeah. <laughs> now I remember my one of my grandmothers used to be very adamant that we save it, open it on the seams, and not oh. rip it because she wanted to save it. But she was like Jane; she wanted one person to open it at a time, and then you had to open it slowly. Where I just wanted to rip it open and see what's inside. And I think, I think that's what really pleases God. Yeah. And. um James one seventeen says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, mm. coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. And if we understand that what we are waiting for is a gift from God and that he has wrapped up something that we that is better than we could possibly imagine. It's like the best gift ever. It is the best gift ever, and it's on its way. And all we have to do is wait patiently with confidence and with trust that what he has for us is more than we could ever imagine oh and we'll just make him smile when we do that i just like when you get the gift right for someone like it's really like the perfect gift for them and you can tell by the way they look at it oh what a delight that is oh and that's what god gets all the time when we wait on him because he knows exactly what the perfect gift is and i think and i think our joy and receiving that gift is a blessing to God. Oh, it is. I think it is. And I think we have to remember in our waiting that we are anticipating. Yeah. Waiting is is not the right word. Anticipating, anticipating. God. Anticipating. And we're pleasing him while we're doing that anticipating. Yeah. He's like, oh, look at my kid. They are waiting for me. Oh, yep. it's time waiting, to go. Waiting is... Waiting is a negative word, but anticipating is a positive. Yes. So let's change it. So let's anticipate God. Yeah. Let's anticipate what God's going to do with full trust that he has the best in mind for us. Praise God. Thanks for listening. Yeah.
Amen. God bless.